There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, the do I. Hello and welcome to episode 98 of the Power Chord Hour podcast. How you doing out there? Thank you so much for checking out yet another episode of the pod. I am your host, Anthony Merchant, here with you getting closer and closer to that 100th episode mark. We uh, It will be our second time, actually, because the radio show, we had our 100th episode back in 2018. And it was fun celebrating the 100th episode, so something that I don't think a whole lot of shows can say they've done twice, but we're going to be celebrating the 100th one very, very soon, and I'm excited for that. Thank you so much for checking this one out. It is the March 2022 rundown for you. I say it constantly in these, but my God, cannot believe we're at the end of another month going into April. It is absolutely insane, but uh, at the same time, I've kept very busy with uh, guests and doing the show and everything, so I guess uh, not a terrible thing that it's flying by. I feel like it's because I'm staying busy lately, and uh, lots of guests, lots of guests on this uh Really this month, but like overall the entire year, I was thinking that too, you know, if you listen to the show, including since starting the podcast, I mean, I try to have a guest almost every week. I like doing these solo ones at the end of the month, but like, you know, besides doing the like monthly rundowns, I mean, ideally I'd like to have a guest almost all the time, but, uh, you know, I I would say definitely in the beginning there and I mean, going into like 2021, you know, trying to have guests, but not having guests every week, I feel like, uh, not even feel like actually, if you go look. We've had a guest every week, or yeah, for every episode this year, uh, minus again the monthly rundowns. I, I've had I haven't had to go solo yet, which uh, is very very cool, and I'm okay with that. Uh, you know, as, as fun as they are to do, I uh, very much like very much like to have guests, and uh, yeah, this month was no exception. If you were uh, listening, I mean, we had John Jughead Pearson to kick off the month, and I did that interview back in February. It it I did the interview like a month before it came out. But a really strong way to start the month. It was, uh, I mean, such an honor to talk to that guy. I mean, my God, what a what a fucking honor. I mean, no other no other way to say it. Like, what a fucking honor. Like John Jughead Pearson, and uh, I've gotten really good feedback on it. Even talking to John afterwards, uh, he had some very nice, very very nice things to say, which were just, I mean, flattering. Like, you know, I, I'm sure you can tell. I would I would say. You can tell from this, or if you even listen to that episode, I mean, I'm a big fan. So, you know, for him to uh, even, to even, I mean, he could be blowing smoke up my ass. I mean, it could be the worst interview of all time. And just to to compliment it, even after the fact, just talking to him like, you know, well after we did the interview and everything, uh, you know, definitely means a lot. Extremely nice of him. And, you know, that, uh, that really is my favorite one so far of the year. You know, again, we've had a lot of guests so far in uh, 2022. And I got to say, he takes the cake. I mean, my, uh, my favorite, I don't want to, you know, you hate to, you hate to like measure up guests against each other. And I love, I love everyone who's on the show, but, uh, yeah, I would definitely put that one up there. And that kind of goes in that category of like, you know, again, total, just total honors going in the total, uh, honor category. Same with Victor DiLorenzo, who was on, you know, back in January for his second time. I mean, Violent Femmes, Screeching Weasel. I mean, these are like, some of my all-time favorite bands and bands I've been listening to forever. So, you know, very, uh, very cool to have people like that on. And, uh, you know, I'm sure John, John is somebody who, I mean, now that he, now that he's on and we had a good time 
and I kicked it off with him so well. I mean, I definitely would say he's someone you'll hear on here again. I mean, he does a lot of music and now doing his podcast and stuff. I'm sure there'll be a reason to have him on again. Hopefully for more mitochondriacs. I've been listening to a lot of mitochondriacs since having him on, and they are really, really good. He he is absolutely right about the whole uh, going back and listening to early Screeching Weasel and like kind of not copying himself. Well, I guess so, yeah, kind of copying himself off that, but like in a good way, like kind of maybe not even copying so much is con- a continuation of what he's doing on those old records. You know what I mean? That might be a better way to put it. Because, like, the mitochondriacs, they do, it doesn't sound like a straight-up ripoff of Screech and Weasel, but in that spirit of that kind of, like, pop punk, it sound. I mean, it's, like, perfect. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's exactly that. It's not a straight ripoff, but if you're a fan of that, like, early Screech and Weasel sound, you're going to find it on on a, a mitochondriacs record. And, uh, you know, I, I really do. I hope that it sounds overall like it started as kind of a fun project and becoming a little more. Not that it's still not fun, but like, you know, not like just a one-off doing more of it. And, uh, I'm totally about it. Cause the more I listen to it, I'm like, this is, uh, this is some really good stuff. So, uh, yeah, really fun way to, uh, kick off the month of March, even though again, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Cause it's like, I did the interview a month ahead of time and it just, you know, because, because we're mostly, I mean, we talked about a million different things, but I mean, the thing uh, that we were promoting was Jughead's basement, the podcast and since, you know, he does those weekly, I kind of uh, I kind of held off releasing it because I had other people on who had like either just released an album or about to release an album. You know, so you try to get you try to get those out a little a little closer to like, you know, if it's like a time sensitive thing. So the uh, you know, the John Jughead one I kind of held on to for like a month. But, uh, you know, I, I was waiting. I was very excited to release it because it was just I mean, I was I was already stoked. I like I could have I could have finished that interview and realized that my dumb ass had never hit record, and uh, it still would have been like, I mean, I would have felt like a real fucking idiot. I I was going to say hitting him up and like telling him, hey, sorry about that, but I probably wouldn't even say anything. I'd just be like, I'm too embarrassed to even ask about redoing it. I, I think if that ever happened, thankfully I've never, uh, I've never had <laughs> an interview where I forgot to hit record. Uh, it's never happened, thankfully, and uh, knock on knock on wood, that uh, I've also never had like a corrupted file or some shit where it gets lost because I've also heard some nightmares of you know not not such dumbassery of forgetting to hit record but just you do it it gets finished and then the file's corrupted or something's fucked up with it and uh, that I don't I don't know what's worse I don't I don't know which one's worse because the forgetting to hit record I mean I would just I would feel such a such a a shame undescribed an undescribable shame would come would come through me just flow through my body um, from figuring out or realizing that I'd never hit record on a uh, on an interview. But thankfully, it's never happened. Hopefully, it never happens because it only gets sadder in time. Like, maybe I could have did that early on, but, like, when we get to, like, year 12 of the Power Chord Hour and I'm forgetting to hit record uh, doing an interview, I mean, that's some that, – that might be time to, like, hang it up. Maybe maybe hang up these uh, these headphones that I'm current – that I'm currently wearing – but uh, thankfully, that's never happened. Uh, another great interview I did, or uh, you know, really enjoyed doing too, was uh, Mickey Lee. He was another guest we had on this month, and uh, very, very fun talking to him. Another one where I, uh, I think it happens a lot. I, I notice, and I don't think I did for a long time, but now I do. That I very much go on like kicks of like a guest music. Like once I have him on, a lot of times I'll be listening to him a lot leading up because I'm like thinking of questions to ask, and you're just kind of getting myself in that headspace for whoever I'm going to interview. 
And, uh, I mean, same with Mickey Lee. I was listening to uh, his band, Mickey Lee's Mutated Music, their uh, their debut record, Variants of Vibe, and that's what we talked about and everything. So, I mean, I was listening to that a lot beforehand, but uh, it has definitely stayed in my uh, in my playlist since doing that. I've been listening to that record a lot. Really, really a fun rock and roll record. But uh, Mickey was great. Mickey was great to talk to. And uh, I thought he I thought he was nice. It was uh, I mentioned this on the podcast because it was a little short. I mean, still, it was like probably, I think, a 35. I, really, we talked like 40, 45 minutes. But like the actual interview, cutting it down and everything, I, I think it aired altogether like 35 minutes or so. But like I was I honestly went in with enough questions to probably do like an hour and a half. But he had a music video I had to go shoot. So we kept it fairly short, you know, and it's funny that that feels short now because for years when I was, when the power chord hour was just the radio show, we only had an hour and we also had breaks and stuff. So like, you know, I, I could do an interview, but like in the middle of it, we would have to take a commercial break. We would, you know, like in the beginning, it wouldn't play right away. The rock and roll rundown would play before the radio show played. So even though we started at eight, you know, the show really started like eight Oh eight, which really it's that way now too. Which, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, if you're ever, if you're ever listening to the radio show and you tune in one Friday night, you've never listened before we do while, while we do start, we go eight to midnight, really the show starts at like eight Oh eight, eight Oh nine. And sometimes that confuses people. They're like, I don't like this rock and roll rundown or like something else is on where I'm like, no, just hold on like a couple more minutes and uh, we'll be on. But like all those things would come into play. So like doing an interview, a lot of my old interviews were like 30 minutes long. Like when I had CJ Ramon on, like that was like, I think a 24, 25 minute interview maybe. And like, but once we had to take, you know, breaks for the show and then I wanted to play a couple CJ Ramon songs for the album we were promoting, like, you know, it makes it so uh, it's a lot shorter. But now because the radio show is four hours long and also the podcast, you just go as long as you want. I mean, I try... I try to do interviews. I, I like to be like at least, you know, 40, 50 minutes and really ideally like 90. And it depends who it is because, I mean, some of the more like fast, loose ones, like, I mean, we had Joey Cobron this month, just last week. And I mean, we talked for uh, three and a half hours, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, Hey, if the conversation's that good, keep it going. You know what I mean? Like, I'm definitely not against an interview that goes really, really long. Like if we have that much stuff to talk about, Let's talk about it. But uh, yeah, doing the one with Mickey, I mean, it was great. But yeah, I could have talked to him for like another hour easily. But he had to go do a, a music video, which I mean, I can't, I can't blame him. I, uh, I wasn't expecting him to be like, you know what, Anthony, hold on for a second. Let me, uh, let me go cancel all the plans for this music video, and I'll instead talk to you for the evening. I, uh, you know, I uh, definitely appreciate him just taking the time and uh, talking to me for that time, and it was great. I had a lot of fun. And uh, I was I was reading I slept with Joey Ramone his uh, his book he is if you don't know he is uh, Joey Ramone's brother and uh, he wrote I slept with Joey Ramone back in like I think 2009 it came out yeah it was because and that's that's what I always think about is I remember seeing that book the first time in like a Barnes and Noble when I was in high school it came out when I was like I would have been like 16 or 17 when that book came out and uh, and at the time I know who Mickey Lee was like I didn't realize it was his brother. Um, I, I had no clue, which also makes the, uh, which I, I feel like that's why the title is the way it is. I mean, I didn't ask him, but I feel like calling your book, I slept with Joey Ramone is very much an attention grabber, including if you don't realize that it's his brother, you know, which I mean, it's also, it's kind of a funny title too, but like it, it, uh, I don't know. I forgot to like ask him that, but then again, I'm sure a million people have, 
But, uh, you know, seeing that for years and years and then going like, oh, I should read that book. And, uh, you know, just I've done that with a million books. I, uh, I talk about reading them. Laura Jane Grace, her book, I have had a copy of that now. I've owned a copy for, I mean, I, I think it came out in 2016, maybe. Maybe 2015, 2016 it came out. And I got it in, I think, 2018 and uh, have not read it yet. And nothing, I want to read it. I really do. I just, I buy books faster than I read them. I'm a slow reader. And uh, funny enough, this year, not as much. I've talked about it a lot on these episodes, but like reading, uh, I've read just about, I, I guess I can't say a book every month, but uh, I almost, almost trying to. But I've been reading a lot, a lot this year. And, uh, yeah, reading, I, I slept with Joey Ramone. I finally started reading it two weeks before I, uh, talked to Mickey. I was like, well, this seems like a good time to finally start reading it. Wanted to read it for years. And I'm like, now's probably the time when you're about to interview the guy who wrote the book. And, uh, I got like halfway through, yeah, a little halfway through, a little under halfway through, uh, when I talked to Mickey. So I wasn't done with it yet, but, uh, I did finish it, I think like two weeks ago at this point. And a really, really good book. I highly, I highly recommend it. I mean, I really enjoyed it even when I was in the middle of it. But uh, finally finishing it all, I really liked it. And I think, I think it was a nice combination of like, there. If you're a Joey Ramone fan, it tells you the life of Joey Ramone. If you're just a Ramones fan, you hear like, you know, it's not, it's not in depth the entire. You know what I mean? It's not. I feel like it, it focuses more on Joey Ramone's life overall than the Ramones in general. Like Mickey goes through the entire, you know, like, like life of the band and everything, but also Mickey was a roadie early on. So he has more, you know what I mean? Like he has more like, you know, uh, just, just things about like the early days when he was more involved than like, say the 90, you know what I mean? By like the nineties, he was like less involved in the band, you know, not really, or really doing anything with the band at that point. So like, you know, I, I think, uh, he does go through the whole thing, but there's definitely eras and stuff where he has more to say about the Ramones than other times. Whereas with Joey, it's obviously Joey the whole way through his life. But, uh, I also like it cause I'm a fan of Mickey's music and everything. And it's in like, there's the right amount of him in the book. Like, I mean, you're going to have to write yourself in. He was, you know, he was Joey Ramone's brother. So he was there for all that stuff. And you're obviously going to be a part of it. And that's why I was telling him, like, I was like, that has to be weird because uh, Netflix is currently adapting the uh, the book into a movie. And, like, you know, yeah, it's about your brother's life, but you're also there for it. So it's, like, it's also your life that's, that's being, you know, you're watching it on the big screen. Like, you're watching, like, Pete Davidson right now is apparently supposed to be Joey Ramone. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but either way, that's, that's neither here or, nor there. But, like, just watching... You know, I mean, a, a huge, a huge actor, you know, a huge celebrity like Pete Davidson up there playing your brother, reliving a moment of your life. You know what I mean? Like that's something like a moment that was in your life that you were a part of. Like you lived that and now you're watching it be recreated on the screen. And like, you know what I mean? It has to be surreal. But uh, yeah, and, and he did say it was a, it was a wild thought and like crazy to think about. But like it has to be, you know, like in something like that, it's like it's not like made up stories and stuff. It's, it's not fiction. It's, it's your life. You know, it's very much nonfiction. It's, uh, as crazy as some of the stuff may seem. It's like, you're watching, uh, you're already writing about it. And that's one thing. But again, like the visual element, and everything just has to be absolutely nuts. But I thought there was a nice mix of that because there was enough in there 
about Mickey's like bands and his life and music career, but not so much that it ever becomes a book on Mickey Lee's life. Like by no means does it ever become that, you know what I mean? It never really loses sight of being a family memoir and being about, you know, Joey and the Ramones and all that. I do think something that's neat, and again, like with him, I think having more to say about certain eras of the band, even pre-Ramones, like I never realized how much all the Ramones, all the Ramones kind of uh, knew each other before the band, and even Mickey playing with those guys before the Ramones, you know, playing with most of those guys before even Joey played with, uh, I believe, yeah, because Mickey was in a band with, I believe, Tommy and Johnny beforehand, before Joey was. I don't think he played with Dee Dee in a band. I, I could be blanking on that, but I believe it was John and Tommy that uh, he was playing with even before Joey was. So, like, he has, like, some great stories, even pre-Ramones. And, uh, you know, overall, I think really, really excellent book. I, uh, you know, it's the second one I read this year, like, Ramones-related. I read I read Richie Ramones' book I've talked about a million times on here. And, like, both are really, really good. I think, uh, I, I don't know, like, people are asking me, not so much to, like, compare them, but if they were worth reading. And I said, absolutely. I mean, I would I would say read both of them. Um, I don't even know that I could really say one is better than the other. I don't, I don't know that it would even be, uh, it would be fair to say, cause I think both, both talk about the Ramones, but then also, you know, about the lives of the people outside of it. You know what I mean? So like with Richie, he talks a lot about the Ramones, but he's also talking about his life before and after the Ramones. And, you know, I mean, same with, I slept with Joey Ramone, you know, Mickey's talking about Joey's life before and, uh, after which I, I think is also the nice part of it. You know what I mean? Because when you start reading all these books, that's the other thing I would also say as far as comparing them, read both of them because you start seeing things like overlap and things where you're like, you do, you, you get a good glimpse into the Ramones because you go in Richie's book, you know, he was talking about how close Richie was, you know, Richie was talking about how close he was with like Joey and hanging out with Joey and Mickey. And then, and I slipped with Joey Ramone, Mickey Lee's talking about how close Richie and Joey were. And, uh, and him as well, you know, going and hanging out with all of them and stuff. And, uh, you know, so you start, you start reading them and you get that. I feel like you get an even better picture of the Ramones. Cause once you read two or three, you know, I mean, also Johnny Ramone has commando out. Monty has a book out. I mean, Dee Ramone wrote a few books. CJ Ramone's currently writing a book. Like I, I want to read all of them. Cause you start seeing like, like you really do. You, you go like, okay, well, I mean, if they all say this or that, like Johnny Ramone, probably kind of difficult to work with because you start reading, you read a few of these books and realize that everyone kind of has the same, like, yeah, it wasn't super nice to me or this, that. And it's like, well, that's probably true. I mean, you know, after, after, uh, you know, you read it enough times, I, you know, enough people say it, it's like, yeah, he might've been a difficult guy to work with. And, uh, so, I mean, I, I enjoy it for that. And then I also enjoy hearing the uh, stuff outside of there. Another one too, I have not read Marky Ramone's book, but I forgot Marky Ramone also, has a uh, a book and I would really like to read his because I mean a double threat in punk rock considering he was uh you know he was in Richard Hell and the Voidoids before he was even you know Marky Ramone I mean talk about you're in like I mean you're talking about your the origins of punk rock and stuff I mean he was there for it and uh, I would very much like to uh read the stories including like I mean the Ramones but really with Marky I might even be more stoked to read like stories on Richard Hell and, uh, you know, being in the voidoids and all that, because that's just, I mean, that's amazing. That is a, that is a legend right there. But, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely recommend reading. I slept with Joey Ramone and really funny. If you listened to last, uh, last month's rundown, probably I, you know, I say that, but I'm assuming that's what I talked about. Then I think I was, I think I started reading. 
Yeah, I, I did because I are, I had already talked to Mickey at that point, I believe. I, I they all get mixed up. I, I you know, because I don't do the interviews the same day these these get released. So I might talk to someone a week before it gets released. So like I'm trying to think of, you know, like like even though the Mickey Lee interview didn't come out, same with the Jughead one, even though they didn't come out until this month, you know, I did them in February. But um with Mickey, you know, I, I took a break. I finished Richie Ramone's book. I started reading George Clinton's book and then I took a break to start reading Mickey's book because he was about to be on the show. And then I just finished, I slept with Joey Ramone like a week or two ago and I was about to start reading George Clinton's book again. This is the second time I go to return to it. And then I find out that next month here in just a few weeks, I'm really excited. I'm going to be talking to a John Beauvoir who, uh, I mean, the bassist of the plasmatics, he, uh, I mean, he produced the Ramones he uh, he worked with Kiss, uh, Little Steven, I mean, a million different bands, million different artists, and I mean, just an absolute legend, and uh, he has a brand new book coming out, so I have not started reading it yet, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for it to get here in the mail, but uh, again, I have to take a break from George Clinton's book, second time I have to pause to read another book, which also pertaining to the Ramones, another another book it'll be my third book i'll be reading this year and it's about john's uh you know john's life overall but i'm sure there's stories of the ramones in there i mean he uh he worked with them on brain drain and uh animal boy which uh funny enough i got to last year when i was talking to richie ramone for the 35th anniversary of animal boy i got to uh, we didn't talk a whole lot about working with john but we did get to talk a little bit about it so now i just talked to john about working with the ramones which uh i'm very excited to hear about because also you probably get to, uh, and this wasn't even my thought, actually. I was, I was talking to a friend on Facebook. I was like, hey, you know, I'm interviewing him if anyone has any questions. And uh, one of the things he brought up, and I hadn't thought about it, is, I mean, where the band's heads were, you know, Animal Boy, and then a few years later on Brain Drain. You know, you also, Richie was out of the band by the time John came back for uh, Brain Drain. Uh, that was Dee Dee's last record with the band. Dee Dee also, I believe... If uh, I'm not mistaken, I don't think he played a whole lot on the record. And, uh, you know, he so like really like John probably saw two different versions of D.D. Ramone and, uh, you know, like things like that and stuff. I, w- I would be very interested in uh, asking and I do plan on asking, but uh, I'm really excited to uh, start reading that, which if you've not, it just came out like a week ago. So it's very new. But uh, go check out John Beauvoir's new book, uh, Bet My Soul on Rock and Roll. The Diary of a Black Punk Icon. I cannot wait to talk to him. He, uh, I was thinking of, like, for quite a while, I was like, you know, he would be really fun to talk to, even before the book, because it's just like he's done so much, and, like, he's just one of those people where it's not just, like, one thing. He's done, like, a million different things, so there's so much to talk to him about. But then seeing that the book was coming out, it was like, oh, like, I really have to, like, now I really got to reach out and see if we can do something and uh, yeah, I got it. I got it booked for like two weeks from now, I think it is. Which, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, I mean, if you have any questions for them, feel free to email them to me, powercordhour at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on one of our social media. So just hit me up on social media, um, you know, shoot me a DM or something. But if you got any questions for him, like, let me know. Uh, he, he is going to be very easy to talk to, though. Like, I mean, someone who's been doing it now for 40 plus years, I mean, it's going to see that's and that's the thing. I hope we get to do an in-depth one. I'm really hoping that we can do like an hour or like 90 minutes or something cuz I feel like there's so much to talk about. So uh you know, we'll see where that goes, but I'm really excited for that. There's so many places we can take the conversation, 
But uh, I'm excited to start reading the book and uh, just excited to talk to him in general. And uh, I just watched the other day, they he uh, he did a live stream with, I'm blanking on the name, but the uh, he had someone help him or like co, co-author or whatever for, uh, for his book. And uh, he did, he, they were doing like a, a virtual like Q&A the other day. And uh, it was really good. It was really fun hearing him uh, tell stories and talk about the book and uh, answer people's questions and stuff. It was uh, it was really neat. Got me excited more to uh, talk to him. So that'll be coming up sometime uh, next month. You'll hear me uh, talking to him. But uh, really, really looking forward to it. And I'm really looking forward to uh, reading that book as well. And uh, sorry, George Clinton. Again, I got to get back to his book because I, I did get, I only got like 50 pages in before I had to start reading uh, I Slept With Joey Ramone. But uh, I gotta get back to reading George Clinton's book someday. <laughs> I, I will eventually. I'll eventually get to it. Maybe, maybe George Clinton will come on this show in like a month, and that will that will push my ass to like read it faster. Which I mean, if George Clinton agreed to come on, I, I'd read it. I'd reach it. I would read it a lot faster. That would be that would be a dream interview. I mean, he's someone who I don't even know. You want to talk about someone? Where like, and I, I've said it where it's like, you know, you know, people who have the, the longer their career and the more things you've done, the easier to do an interview and like talk about things. But George Clinton, I don't even know where I'd start. You know what I mean? Like, like he's done so much and there's just decades and decades to talk about. I don't even know where I'd begin that. But, uh, that is, that is definitely one I would, uh, I would love, I would love that interview. That would be, that would be a pretty fun one. I, uh, a, a boy can dream, but, uh, maybe that'll happen one day. Cause that dude, that dude is an absolute legend and his book is really, again, I've only made it like 50 pages in, so I'm not going to like lie to you and say I've like read it cover to cover, but as, uh, as far in as I've gotten, it is, uh, it is also a really good book, but, uh, yeah, it is on the back burner. Once again, I find that funny. Cause again, if you go, if you go listen to the February rundown episode, I'm talking about how I'm about to start reading it again after taking a break for, I slept with Joey Ramone. But uh, yeah, Jughead on the show this month, Mickey Lee on the show, and uh, last week our other guest of uh, March was Joey Cobra, us talking so long, and thanks for all the shoes, which was so much fun. That uh, If you got a chance, I mean the podcast was great, but I really liked how it came out for the radio show, because after we uh, talked about every track, we played the song, and uh, I just, I liked how like the conversation, like where it would end and where we would start playing the song. I thought it worked really, really well for, uh, you know, for, a, for a three and a half hour discussion of a uh, 30 minute album. But that was, that was a lot of fun. That's always, always a good time to have, uh, to have Joey in. Like he's always, he's always great. It's always a treat to even have someone in a uh, town to come in to the, uh, WRFA studios. You know what I mean? To be able to do in studio. Cause you know, we very much, it's all phoners, you know, I mean, we gotta, we gotta do phone interviews on this show just from where I live and everything. We don't, obviously the pandemic as well, but, uh, you know, even pre pandemic, you know, just people don't really, uh, come here to play. And, uh, you know, it's just not a city where a lot of, uh, punk bands and stuff are coming. So, you know, we do phone interviews, which I'm, I'm cool with. I enjoy doing them, but I mean, it is, it is a hundred percent, you get a different vibe and it's just a whole different thing when uh you can do it in studio and you know i'd like to do it with more people but uh joey is always a treat and i mean he has to be like he i, I think he's been on the most i uh the only person i can think of who might either have him tied or have him beat by a couple would be uh kyle would be my boy kyle steven who uh we gotta have we gotta have him on again it's been again like 
time moves so fast. I go, he was just on, but then it's like December was was not that was not that short of a while ago. That was that was there's a few months in between now. You know what I mean? It, it's been a while. I guess I guess December wasn't like a month ago. But uh, that was the last time we had him on talking about plus forty four is when your heart stops beating. But uh, we gotta have him on again sometime. It uh, it is uh, been too long. You, know, you can only go like a month or two with uh without my boy Kyle coming on. But yeah, Joe uh, Joe's always so much fun. He did an amazing. It was like a week ago. I think he put it up. If you go look uh, look on like Facebook or actually on his website, if you go look Joe Grice Art, he uh, he's also we've talked about it, but like he's also an artist. And uh, he did this amazing oil painting of uh, Buffalo at uh, Grand Tetons. Really, really cool. Like, looks looks really, really sick. I, I really like it. But uh, he does he does some really good art, which uh, and I love his music too. Music's great, and his art is really good too. He's a he's a double threat when it comes to that. But yeah, always fun uh, having him in the WRFA studios. And uh, I'm pretty stoked. I got a I got a position at uh, at WRFA as the uh, arts and entertainment reporter. So now on top of doing the power chord hour, I do uh, the local rush hour and arts on fire. So uh, I'm doing, it's crazy. Like I'm running around now, you know, I was talking about earlier in this episode about uh, having guests on and doing it more frequently and stuff. Well, now I do three shows where I do interviews and uh, I'm running around like with my head cut off, just trying to like, you know, just like remember what day I have who on for what show and, uh, you know, when it, when it rains, it pours, which isn't a bad thing. It's a really, really fun job. And, uh, I love doing it, but yeah, like going, going from just doing this show where it's like, you know, I have an interview, like, you know what? I mean, sometimes they will double where like, I'll get, you know, there are weekends where I'll have, you know, like when I did, uh, when I interviewed John Jughead, the next day I had Mikey Ergon, like, you know, I, I will, I will have things like that earlier in the year. I think in, uh, yeah, on, on, uh, I think it was a Saturday and a Sunday, uh, one day I interviewed uh, 1913 with Victor DiLorenzo and Janet Schiff, and then I interviewed Justin Vaughn the same day, and then the next day I interviewed Chelsea from Stress Dolls, uh, all within, yeah, like I think 12 hours or something, something like that, or at least a 24-hour window. And, uh, you know, so that happens like every now and then, but now, I mean, it's uh, it's really, I got to start like keeping track. I even bought, I even bought me a daily planner to, uh, to like write the uh, days and for the people, but, uh, I'm really excited for it. The, uh, for arts on fire and local rush hour, it more pertains with, uh, like local stuff here in Chautauqua County. So I'm talking to like local, but it's also the other thing I'm, I, I like about it is it's not just musicians like music, like music is just one part of that. Like local rush hour. I do more play local music, but, uh, there will be, there will be a, uh, a, a guest here and there and stuff on that, including if I don't have enough time on, uh, arts on fire, I, uh, you know, for talking music and stuff, I will, uh, I'll move that over to the local rush hour, but, uh, it, it's fun. Cause like outside of that, I'm talking to like, you know, artists and writers and like, you know, people, people doing different things. Like I absolutely love talking about music and, uh, you know, doing the power chord hour, I'm talking to my favorite musicians and all that, but, uh, I do enjoy the challenge of finding people in different fields. You know, it's not just finding a musician from an album that I like, you know, just like a band that I like who just released a new album or something, you know, it's finding things pertaining to Chautauqua County and, uh, and also mixing it up and talking to different people. Like last week, I had a really fun time talking to this author who, uh, who just put out a really cool book, which actually, if you're in the, uh, you know, Western New York area, not even just Jamestown, 
Uh, he did a book. It's called uh, Secret Places of Western New York, and it's all these like hiking uh, areas around us. And uh, it it was like it's right up my alley. Like it's something like I I would read the book whether or not I uh, I had him on the show. You know, it's something I would I would enjoy whether or not. But you know, I'm not gonna have him on the Power Chord Hour. You're not gonna hear him on here. You know, for obvious reasons, we just don't. You know, we're not gonna. Every now and then, I'll talk about a little bit about like hiking on here and stuff. But it's not a this is not a show about hiking. So, you know, I don't, I don't do those kinds of interviews. So, you know, to get to do an interview with someone and talk about hiking and like, you know, where our love for it came from and, you know, being able the history, like, you know, history that you can see in the forest and all that kind of stuff and old growth forest and like all those things that I love, but I really don't have a forum for, you know, like with the power cord hour, uh, really fun, you know, really fun to do that. And also to get out of my comfort zone, of even music, you know, interviewing musicians in genres that I may not normally listen to, or that I might not even be aware of, you know, it's, it could be music that I enjoy, but that I don't know a lot about. And, uh, you know, it's really cool for that. So if you ever want to listen to that, if you ever want to listen to me on uh, WRFA, you know, I mean, besides the power chord hour, you know, eight to midnight, every Friday night, I, uh, I'm on the local rush hour, four to five Eastern. If you, uh, yeah, cause we're in, we're in New York in case you're in a different time zone, but uh, four to five Eastern, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then uh, Fridays, Arts on Fire, five to six, and then the Power Court Hour, eight to midnight. So I'm all over, all over Friday night. If you want to hear me on a Friday, I am on air from four to five, five to six. So I'm on four to six. I'm gone from six to seven, and then back on eight to midnight. So that's a that's six hours of me if you want it every Friday, and then you also you also got me for that hour every uh, Monday and Wednesday on top of PSAs and everything that you'll hear that you'll hear on the station that I, uh, that I did. So, uh, really, really fun. The job is, uh, the job is great. Really, uh, really cool. Great station. I mean, the play I've, I've talked about WRFA a ton on here, giving me my uh, first shot back in high school with a uh, paid internship and just me learning the ropes of radio and just being the coolest place to uh, to do the power court hour. I mean, I was I was even thinking about it the other day because before doing the podcast, and I've I've kind of stopped thinking about it now. But for a long time, I uh, I was thinking about like hitting up other uh, radio stations like throughout the country, like public stations, community stations, uh, you know, like a station that would play the power court hour. You're not you're not gonna get us on a uh, on like a commercial station, you know. As much as I would love that. You, you know, commercial stations probably not going to pick us up. It's just, you know, it's not, it's not commercially, you know, it's too, uh, it, it's not mainstream enough, I guess. But, uh, you know, so like looking up places who might air it, but like the more I think about it, I go, you know, WRFA has always been so cool and has never once said, you can't have this guest on, you got to play this kind of music or you got to play this band more, you got to do this or that. And I just get to a point where I go, yeah, I could have like, you know, seeing if I could have gotten the show on like more stations around the country. But then I'm like, you know, you, you kind of lose some of that freedom because, you know, stations are formatted differently. You gotta, you gotta do it a certain way. We want you to play this. We want you to play X amount of new music, you know, play something from a band off this label, this or that, where I'm just like, I mean, WRFA is never that I now have like four hours a week just eight to midnight on Friday nights. And it's just my time to play music, talk about what I want, talk to who I want. There's not, there's never a thing of, well, who, who do you have on this week? Like none of that. So I'm just like, 
you know, I, I feel like we have a good setup doing the radio show every week on that and then doing the podcast. I'm like, you know, it would kind of be neat getting on other stations, but I'm like, I like the freedom too much. I don't, I don't want to have to like compromise it at all where I'm just like, I'm better off on there. I get left alone. They're like, you know, you've been doing it for six years now. You know what you're doing. Like we just leave you alone. You do your thing. But, uh, really, really, uh, honored to be hired there as a arts and entertainment reporter and uh, very cool. So I've been, I've definitely been keeping busy outside of just doing this here radio show and podcast, just doing other radio shows and, uh, all the behind the scenes stuff. But that's always fun. I love, I love every, every aspect of radio. Like I, I know some people who only want to do on air. They only want to be the talent. They only want to, they, they want to be the person you hear. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I love doing that. Obviously I wouldn't, I wouldn't do a podcast and a radio show if I didn't, but like, I love even the behind the scenes shit. I mean, I like playing board op. I like editing audio. Like I like, I like producing things, you know, and you may not be able to tell it from this show. Cause I don't do a whole lot of production or editing because, uh, I'm not going to sit here and listen to a three and it's like the no effects thing. Like number one, I also like it. Cause I think even when we go off on tangents, if you're a fan of the music that we talk about, you probably, even those tangents are still like pertinent to the show. You know what I mean? Even, even if we start talking about less than Jake for five minutes, I mean, more than likely, if you're listening to an episode about no effects, you probably like less than Jake too. So I'm always like, why cut that out? Why do that? And then number two, I'm not going to listen to three and a half hours and like cut it down. Like that's too much work. I'm not going to sit here and listen to that. Only if I have to, I was, I was pissed at, at my buddy, Zach, uh, our, our world famous, still one of the most downloaded podcasts we've ever done, uh, top five blink 182 songs with Zach and Kyle and, uh, Zach, Zach, a couple times, nothing even bad, like nothing, nothing even too bad, but he was just doing some shit talking where I had to like go through and remember a couple places where I like. I had to like cut some shit out and like just, just more friends. I'm like, yeah, I don't think he wants the shit talk. You know what I mean? Like I like doing some shit talking. He didn't really want to do some shit talking. So I'm like, all right, like I'll, I'll take it out. But then I had to listen like that episode's really fucking long. I mean, that one I think goes into like the three hour territory, but like in that one, I remember having to go through and listen to it. And like, just cause I couldn't remember where it was. It wasn't even a lot to cut out, but it was like, I can't remember. So I just have to listen to like the whole thing basically. And it's like, it is, I, I hate having to sit there and uh, listen, or actually more recently was, uh, was actually the one with Jughead this month. And, uh, not because I even had to edit anything out. It was just, I did have to produce that one because of the quality we did over Skype and there was some lagging and like, it was also a couple times, like he'd say something and it would just go, it would just repeat, 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 like, you know, just start doing things like that. So I had to go through and listen to that and just kind of clean it up. But, uh, that one, I didn't mind so much though. Cause I was like, every, every time I'm like, I'm, I don't feel like editing. And I'm like, Oh no, I get to listen to me talk to Jughead. Like, this is kind of cool. But, uh, you know, anyway, getting and looking, I'm off on another tangent, but like, I do enjoy doing like the production side and the behind the scenes of like radio and just audio in general. Um, I think on this show though, too, and I, I'll get off the subject and I'm sure it's not that interesting, but also I think you can overproduce like a podcast and stuff. I'm like, you don't. You don't need, I think segments and stuff are great for a radio show. And if you're trying to do it, like I have an hour, my radio show is an hour and it's like, you have to fit it in this time. 
and there might be breaks and you might have to do this and there might be weather. So you'll have to stop and like, you know, just different things like that there. That's a place for segments like like that makes more sense with more segments. You're going to produce things more like all that with a podcast. I feel like it should be more just free flowing, like a little intro and like get into it. You don't you don't need to set it up like a radio show because it's not a radio show. Radio is great. Podcasts are great. But in my in my opinion, they're different. There's many similarities. Don't get me wrong. But they aren't the same thing at the end of the day. There is a difference, and I think one of the biggest differences is structure or lack thereof with podcasts. In a good way, there should be less structure. I structure the radio show much more because it's a radio show. The podcast, I do a lot less a lot less of that. There's a lot less production. This is including an episode like this. This is me talking after the intro playing you a couple songs, unless you're listening on YouTube and those copyright claims, you ain't listening to no music, but, uh, you know, I mean, that's about it. There's not a lot else, uh, to it, but some podcasts, I'm just like, they produce it way too much and try to clean it up too much where it doesn't even sound like a natural conversation anymore. So like, again, same with that. It's like, okay, me and Joey talk for three and a half hours, but I'm like, if I start really cutting that and whittling it down, you're going to get to a point where it sounds weird. It's not going to sound natural. Like, the natural transitions you get are gone because you started removing them, you know? So, uh, you know, and thankfully though, too, now doing the radio show four hours, uh, like I, I can even, even though I do produce that a little more, like having that time, I don't have to cut things like that. Like we did that whole, that whole interview got aired on the radio. Like I didn't really have to cut anything out. We still fit the music in and, uh, got it all in there, which was nice where, you know, as before too, when we were only doing like an hour, like that wouldn't even been on, on the radio show. That would have just been a podcast episode. And I would have just probably played like a no effect song that week and said, Hey, go check out the podcast this week with Joey Cobra. But, uh, stoked that, uh, we get to do that on there now too. And, uh, very stoked as well that, uh, you can hear me on multiple shows on WRFA. So again, if you want to listen to that 107.9 WRFA in Jamestown, New York, and, uh, you can, you can stream the station anywhere online at wrfalp.com and uh, we also have an iphone app it is not available for android but if you go to app store for on your uh, iphone and just look up uh wrfa i would assume it would uh come up just right there so uh go check that out we are uh this week since we uh start every month with a themed playlist i uh i decided this uh this friday night's show is all music from previous Power Chord Hour guests. Four hours of music only from people who have been on the show. And uh, I kind of, I ripped myself off a little admittingly because there is a, if you've ever checked it out, I'm sure I've mentioned on here, uh, like a month or so ago, I started this big old uh, Spotify playlist on our Spotify page of this. It's just a playlist. And that thing's like up to 11 or 12 hours. I just keep adding to it. But uh, that is all music from previous Power Chord Hour guests. Like, whether someone was on the show who played bass on it, sang on it, like also producers and engineers, you know, like I, I've had a few on. So it's like also, you know, like like there's a few stroke songs on there because we had Gordon Raphael who, uh, you know, produced the stroke. So like, you know, there's like that too. So it's like if if someone if someone had an involvement with it, you know, who's been on the Power Chord Hour, I have that big old playlist you can go check out. I mean, it's like, again, it's like 12 hours long and I just keep adding to it. So keep getting bigger and bigger. But uh, this week on the show... It is all uh, previous Power Chord Hour casts, and uh, it was it was really fun. I had the playlist already. It was really fun to do, but I mean, even in four hours, 
I I don't think I even hit everyone I've had on the show. I'm sure there's a few who have like fallen through the cracks who I forgot. But uh, you know, I tried to fit as much as I could in. Also with the idea though that yes, I have four hours, but I'm probably gonna I'm gonna I mean, as you can tell from listening to this, I get sidetracked easy. And like, you know, talking about like the songs that I'm playing and stuff on the radio show, I'll probably go on tangents about the guests. You know what I mean? Actually, that's the other thing. If you want to hear a good like behind the scenes episode, listen to the radio show this Friday night because after I play the songs, I'm sure I'll start talking about like the people as guests and who I had on and, uh, you know, like all that stuff. I'm I'm sure uh, I'll get into all of that. So, I mean, I, I kind of also have that in mind with the playlist. Like, I'm sure I won't be able to shut up at times. So, uh, you know, I'm going to try to get through every song on it on my playlist, but, uh, who knows, who knows if I'll, uh, actually get to it or not yet, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. So check that out Friday night on the radio show. That is, uh, it is, it is going to be me talking for four hours and playing music all from past power chord, our guests. And, uh, speaking of past power chord, our guests that goes right in to uh, new releases of March, 2022. Let's get into them. And uh, from former guests of the show, Audio Karate, Jason Camacho, one of my favorite uh, previous guests. We've had him on twice. Uh, hopefully have him on again sometime soon because now they got a brand new uh, album out, Otra. Got to go check that out. It is, uh, it's a collection of songs throughout the years and uh, some unreleased, some really rare, but like really, really good. I'd not heard, I actually, I besides... Besides like two songs I had heard, and we actually played one of them on uh, on the show last time Jason was on here, but um, like the other, like most of it, it's like eight or nine songs. So I mean, there's like another seven on there I'd never heard before. And I mean, my God, like there's a couple of those are like some of my favorite. The the second song on the, on it, Segway, like is already one of my favorite audio karate songs, like hands down, really, really fucking good. So uh, go check that out. Another former guest of the show, The Stereo, they just put out their second single, 13, the title track off their upcoming record, 13. I talked all about that Kickstarter that they're doing right now on the uh, February rundown. They've, uh, and, and the new podcast too, Kings of No Hope, that they're doing. Uh, really good stuff going on in the stereo camp. I really like this one. The other, the other song, Kings of No Hope, was really good as well. I mean, it's two for two so far. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear the rest of this record. It's going to be. It's going to be good, and we'll definitely have Jamie and Rory on once uh, that bad boy gets released. Another great one out, Guided by Voices, just put out Crystal Nuns Cathedral. Um, we got a new one from Bruce Lee Band, another single. They just put one out last month, too. But they got a new one out, Did You Find the Money Farm, with a uh, with a great music video out, too. Definitely, uh, you know, I mean, it's Mike Park. It's always good. Go check out, Go check out that music video and song. Really good stuff. Uh, Pup put out a new single, Matilda, that is off their album, The Unraveling of Pup, the band, which is out this Friday, April 1st, so if you uh, like that single, you got a new Pup record, probably out by the time you hear this, or almost almost out, I should say. Lower Expectations, which we'll play something from here in a minute, they are a uh, band from here in western New York, and uh, they got a new one out called Talking to Myself, we'll play something off that in a second. We got a new single from One Arm Joey, Numbstruck. A uh, new one from Charger, which is Matt Freeman, the legend that he is from Rancid and Operation Ivy. That is uh, his band, and they're back with a new album called War Horse. There's a new single, and I really, really like this, from a new band called 3LH. The single is uh, called Shadow. And it's off their upcoming record. I do not know when the record's coming out, but I really, really like this song. And uh, definitely, definitely go check it out and get ready for a uh, what is going to be a really damn good album. 
And uh, another good one out this month, Rotten Mind with Unflavored. We got Clueless with Groundhog Day. Our buddies Golden Richards are back with a new single called Shake Your Hair. We'll play that for you here in a second. John Doe of legendary band X. He is back with a new single called Never Coming Back off his upcoming uh, solo album, Fables in a Foreign Land. Prince Daddy and the Hyena are back with a new single, El Dorado, and as well as another one, A Random Exercise in Impermanence, and both of those come off their new record, which is going to be coming out April 15th. We got another one from Craig Finn, first one in a while from his solo career, and uh, it is Messing with the Settings. It is a single off his upcoming record, A Legacy of Rentals. Finally, Hot Water Music are back with a new record called Feel the Void, and we're going to play something off that right now. Here is their song, Killing Time, right here on your March 2022 rundown of the Power Chord Hour podcast.
your March 2022 rundown of the Power Chord Hour podcast. That was some new music from Golden Richards. That was their brand new single, Shake Your Hair. Before that was a new one from Lower Expectations. That is La Brea, the opening song off their brand new record, Talking to Myself. And you go find that band on Facebook and Instagram, both at Lower Expectations Band. And opening up that block of music was a new one from Hot Water Music with their song Killing Time off their brand new record Feel the Void. And that is their first record with the Flatliners Chris Cresswell as a member of Hot Water Music. And I think he fits perfectly in that. I mean, I feel like that's the overall consensus. I uh, I don't think I've really seen anyone be bummed that uh, Chris is in the band. And I think he works really, really well with, uh, I mean, just with that band. Obviously, obviously they were an influence on Chris and the Flatliners. And uh, I feel like he fits in there perfectly. So uh, very cool to see, and the new record is uh, very good. And we got a few little pieces of music news for you, and then uh, we'll get the hell out of here. A very, very cool one in March. The pop punk legends that we all know and love as the band Midtown have announced a string of reunion shows for later this year. They are. Uh, it has been titled Resurrection Tour 2022. I'm all about it. The band is venturing out to uh, reunite. For My Chemical Romance, will be opening for My Chemical Romance on select shows in New Jersey, Florida, Texas, and California. And they'll also be headlining four shows in New Jersey, New York, and Massachusetts. So you got a few chances to see them. And uh, initially they were doing two and two headlining shows, and uh, those things sold out almost immediately. So they uh, they released two more dates, and uh, I'm sure those are going to sell out. I they There's no doubt in my mind those are going to sell out too. All... All the headlining dates that Midtown plays, those are going to sell out. I mean, the My Chemical Romance shows, those are probably going to sell out as well. Uh, So, like, any show that Midtown's playing this year is probably going to sell out. And a very neat one that they did just announce, they've announced, you know, again, it's kind of been rolled out. So, uh, a few more dates have been announced. But another one that they just announced, which is very cool, is that they'll also be playing this year's Furnace Fest in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, with tons and tons of bands like Hidden in Plain View. Hidden in Plain View are getting back together to play that. Uh, Newfound Glory's playing, Descendants, Lagwagon, Thrice, Strike Anywhere, and many, many more. It's a three-day festival. And, uh, I mean, I'm stoked, obviously. I'm I'm stoked. We've had uh, Heath Saraceno and Rob Hitt on the show, crazy to think, oh, two years ago now, for uh, Save the World, Lose the Girl. That's their uh, 20th anniversary. And, uh, I mean, I'm a huge Midtown fan. I, I don't know, like even, even when I talked to them two years ago, like I don't, I don't really, I don't think I asked them about like ever reuniting. I asked them about the reunion, but I don't think we really, cause I, I, I at least thought this now again, it's been two years, maybe I'm forgetting it. And I did ask them about like, will you ever reunite again? But I think I purposely did it just cause I didn't know if they would. And like also like million, you know, like everyone asks them that that's the question that everyone asks them. Like, are you going to reunite? They, they get asked that constantly. And, uh, I'm really, really excited to see, I I am sad. I was going to try to grab a ticket to one of those, uh, headlining shows. And, uh, yeah, like I said, that sold out right away. I might try to grab one of the, uh, other ones that just got announced. I mean, it's still going to be like an eight hour drive or whatever. That's, that's what I drove last time to see him in New Jersey back in the 2014, but, uh, you know, either way, I'm excited to see them play more. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. A few a few additional dates have been announced and stuff. I wouldn't be totally surprised if they uh, put more out there. I mean, I, I think the demand is overwhelming. I mean, I think, I think they know 
that people care. I mean, I think they also probably saw that in 2014 when they were united for those shows. Like, I mean, I think they do know that people still care about Midtown, but I think they're really seeing now that uh, I, I think people really, really care about that band. I, I think they're probably one of those bands that got bigger after they uh, disappeared, you know what I mean, or after they broke up. Like, I think, uh, I mean, obviously, Gabe Supporta with Cobra Starship, that probably didn't hurt, and, uh, you know, all, all those things. But even just within time, like, with time, I think those records aged really well. I think, uh, I mean, they left us with just three, like, pop-punk masterpieces, and, uh, you know, really, really good band there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're realizing that, that people want to see them and a lot of people want to see them. I'd be stoked to see them on either, but I really wanted to go see a headlining show because my chemical romance, I mean, and I think that's awesome because that's going to open them up. Not only are they going to play huge fucking arenas, they're probably going to be playing some of the biggest shows they've ever played, but like, that's going to be introducing them to new people. 100%, you know, like that's, and if you like My Chemical Romance, you'll probably like Midtown. So, I mean, I, I really think a lot of, like, a new, younger generation, as well as maybe people who just missed Midtown the first time around, um, are going to fall in love with them. So, I mean, I, I love the idea of uh, them getting even more fans from uh, from this here Resurrection Tour 2022. So, I'm very excited for that. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever get music from them. I don't ever know if Midtown will be a full... I don't, I don't think it'll ever be a full-time thing, but, like... Maybe we'll finally get them to a point where Midtown's a band who gets back together to play show. You know what I mean? Like where where they don't play all the time, but there's a good chance you'll see them like at least once a year. You know, something like that. I, I know like like Gabe Saporta, I think he does more behind the scenes, like management and stuff now, like music management and stuff. So I don't think he's personally I could be totally wrong, but like I don't think he's doing music as much. So, you know, I mean, with that in mind. We, you know, without him having another like main focus in music, maybe they play more, you know, who knows? I mean, that's, it's all speculation, but, uh, again, they've announced, they've announced more dates since getting back together from the, with the initial two dates and, uh, everything else. So I'm stoked to see it. Uh, that is, that is very, very good news. And, uh, another piece of music news I brought up earlier in the show that John Doe has a brand new, uh, single out and John Doe of the punk rock legends that are X. They have announced a, uh, or not X, but John Doe of X has announced a brand new solo record called Fables in a Foreign Land, and it's going to be released on May 20th on Fat Possum Records, and they released the last uh, X record, Alphabet Land, one of the best X records, and uh, John released the first single called Never Coming Back, along with a music video for that one, and the album's going to feature contributions from Exene Cervanka, Shirley Manson, Manson of uh, Garbage, uh, Louis Perez of Los Lobos, and uh, this is going to be John's first solo album since 2016's The Westerner. I mean, he has tons of solo records, but I uh, didn't realize it had been six years since the last solo one. So that's cool. I really, I really like the uh, new song. I mean, the record is very like kind of country twangy Americana. Like you know, it's not. It, it sound you know John Doe's voice is there and everything, but it doesn't sound like X per se. But uh, it's one of those. Like, the new song is great, and, like, he's one of those examples of people where, uh, I've talked about it on the show before, and I can't remember, I almost want to say me and Joey, well, no, I don't think we did talk about it on the No Effects episode, but we have talked, I have talked about it with Joey before, and there's certain musicians who it doesn't matter what kind of music they play, they would have accelerated at it. Like, they're just good musicians, not just a good, they're not just good at writing punk songs, or country songs, or pop songs, they're just good at writing songs, like, just just period. It doesn't matter. You can you can throw them in any genre. 
You can like they'll learn it, they'll figure it out, they'll be the best at it. And John Doe's one of those people where it's like John Doe will get me to listen to things that I because like like I love a lot of his solo stuff, but like it's probably like some of it's admittingly stuff where I probably wouldn't check it out, you know, or be as likely to check it out if it wasn't John Doe. And then I fall in love with it. And not just because it's John Doe, it's because it's really, really well written. He's just one of those people where his music, you know, if it's a fast, aggressive punk song, it can be amazing, but it can also be amazing stripped down with nothing but, you know, an acoustic guitar, some drums. And like, I mean, I think they, I think his uh, bass player is playing, uh, I think his, I think on the whole record is uh, playing an upright bass. I don't, I don't think there's any electric bass. I mean, again, it's not out yet. I could be wrong, but I mean, you know, the whole, the whole band and the whole setup and everything is just different from, uh, you know, traditional, traditional John Doe when you think of X and all that. But, uh, you know, he transcends it. He, it doesn't matter the genre. He's just good. He's good at writing music and just so goddamn cool. Like, (laughs) you know, like I, I've really, I've gotten like my, my descent into being a big X fan, I think is pretty documented on this show because like, I always knew they weren't stuff, but like, I really didn't get that into them until uh 2020 when i watched the decline of western civilization and kind of went back and listened to them more like i was aware of them i knew their importance i knew some songs but um you know probably probably like five or six songs really like i mean nothing nothing crazy and uh i ended up falling in love with them but like john doe just even now i mean is you know i don't know how old he is but he's like in his 60s he's just still really fucking cool like you just kind of like there's just something about him, like a, the swagger. Like, I don't even know what you want to call it, but like, he's just never not cool. Same with like just old, you just look at old pictures of him, or you look at the aesthetic of the band and him, or, you know, just his music and everything. Like, it, he's just, he's just cool. And even now, he's like a cool older guy. Like, he's still just really fucking cool. I don't like, I don't, again, like, I don't know what you want to call it. It's just that thing. You know what I mean? It's that, it's that thing about him where it's like, he he's interesting in interviews. Like I always like to hear him talk. He always has good points and views and stuff. Like everything about John Doe, I am uh, I'm all about. So I'm excited for that new solo record. And uh, and I would be I would be stoked if we also heard an announcement for a new X record because that last one was uh, so damn good. And if that was their last album, they ended on a high note. But uh, you know I'd be very excited if uh, they came out with another one. And uh, before I let you go here, we'll be we'll be done with the March Rundown. But we'll end on a nice note, on a really, a really great note. But uh, way, way back a while ago, uh, we did talk about Mark Hoppus. And, I mean, us and a million others when he, uh, you know, announced he was diagnosed with cancer. But uh, some really good news. Uh, Hoppus recently re- revealed on social media that he did his six-month post-cancer scan. And it came back clean, and he is still cancer-free. And, uh, he is, he also turned 50 this month. So, you know, another, uh, like milestone in his life. And, uh, yeah, he revealed last summer that he had been diagnosed with cancer and, uh, you know, for a while there he was very, you know, obviously everyone was concerned and, uh, you know, great to see now that, uh, after that six month post, uh, scan, you know, seeing that, uh, everything's coming back clean and also, uh, just in time for August, because this August will mark, uh, the 30th anniversary of Blink-182's formation. So yeah, I mean, what a, uh, you know, I mean, I followed it for a very long time. I feel like everyone had, you know, with, uh, after, after, uh, Mark announcing that cancer diagnosis, but like, so great to see that he's doing well now and, uh, you know, things are looking up and that he's, that he's still cancer free and everything. 
And uh, from what from what it looks like, I think working on music, I don't know in what capacity, but uh, I think I also saw, you know, on top of him revealing that on social media, talking about some studio gear and uh, different stuff. So good to see, you know, he we, we can't we we got to he is he has decades left in him of, uh, you know, of music and everything to give us. So that sounds selfish to give us. But uh, you know what I mean? He has he has he has more uh, more good output. I, I think to give us, and uh, it's just crazy to think that he he's now fifty. It, it's crazy to think he's fifty, and that Blink is about to uh, turn thirty. Me and me and Blink both both uh, born in nineteen ninety two, but they got me beat by a couple months. I was born in November of nineteen ninety two, and uh, Blink was born in August of nineteen ninety two. And uh, I mean, an honor, an honor to be like you know the same age as a uh, blink 182 but uh you know also fucking crazy it's just so crazy when you think of him as being 50 and blink being you know about turn 30 just because it's that youth that eternal youthfulness of the band you know what i mean like you always you always think of them as like you know mark tom and travis is like 20 somethings you know and like they always just will have i i think no matter what like at this point i mean this what 30 years in I think for all those guys, and it's also been, you know, documented and we've talked about on the show, but you know, sometimes the bane, sometimes the bane of Tom Long's existence, it seems like, but, uh, you know, that, that again, eternal youthfulness that like, you're always 20 something and, uh, and all that. But like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like all those guys and like same with Mark where it's like, you know, Mark might be 50, but Mark could be 75 and you'd still think of him as like a 27 year old, you know, like, like, I don't, I don't think I'm alone in that. I think everyone kind of, uh, kind of thinks of them in a, in that way, you know, which, I mean, that's also, that means the music's successful. Cause I think that's a lot of what they were trying to go for in, uh, in blink. And, you know, I think, I think pretty successful when you feel that way, when you're like, oh yeah, like you, you, you don't feel like, you know, Mark is 50 and, uh, and blink is now three decades, three decades old. That isn't, that is insane to, uh, to think, and yeah, I mean, look, I'm not a fan of the last few uh, things they put out, but I will always love Blink-182, and uh, you know, I'll I'll always have to check something out when they release it, and uh, you know, maybe for the 30th anniversary, we'll uh, we'll get a Mark, Tom, and Scott fucking album. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get that. Though <laughs> the three of them will get back together to uh, to re-record Fly Swatter and uh, give us give us this Fly Swatter 2K22 fucking fucking uh you know the the re-recording it'll be beautiful they'll go on tour to play fly swatter front to back and uh and that's it they're not gonna play that would be hilarious they go do a tour where they only play fly swatter front to back and that's it there's nothing else that's all you get you get fucking fly swatter and then good night and that that is uh and that is it i would pay to see that and uh i feel like I was going to say everyone would, but honestly, you know what though? Maybe not everyone, but let's be honest. I think they could fill. Here's a question for you. And here's what we'll go out on. Email me powercordhour at gmail.com. If Blink did a all fly swatter tour, again, only fly swatter front to back. There is no encore. There's no greatest hit set. They're playing fucking fly swatter. Do you feel like, because at the very least, yes, I feel like that could fill a theater. But do you think you could, they could still at least fill an arena, or is that so like niche that it's not you know people people aren't going to do that? Like they might be able to get a thousand, two thousand people in like a theater, 
but are they going to get eight or 9,000 people every night to see that? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm very on the fence with that. The theater, at least the theater guarantee, at least a couple thousand, but I don't know where that, where that, uh, you know, I don't know what that window is or how, how, uh, how large that, uh, that audience would be again, I'd be there, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Also, while you emailed me, let me know if you, if you'll be in this fictitious, if you'll be at this fictitious tour, but, uh, Hey, we got a dream 30th anniversary. We'll, uh, we got time too. I mean, it's about to be April. We got we got some time for that. Uh, for that, Mark, Tom, and Scott to uh, the the reunion that we're all waiting for to happen. But uh, that is going to be it. On that note, I'm Anthony Merchant. This has been the Power Chord Hour podcast. Go follow us at Power Chord Hour on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, like I was talking about earlier on Spotify, we put up tons and tons of playlists, including that big old playlist. Uh, full of songs from past Power Chord Hour guests. You can go check that out. And uh, maybe you're listening to the podcast on there. If not, you can hear the podcast on Spotify. You can hear it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, on our YouTube page you should go subscribe to because it's fucking sad and we got like 40 subscribers and you should go subscribe to that. So we have 43 and, uh, you know, like, like power in numbers, baby. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen to the podcast, I think, just about everywhere – I can't really think of a place where the podcast isn't. Anywhere you really listen to podcasts, the Power Chord should the Power Chord Hours should be. But uh, wherever you listen, subscribe if you would, rate and review if you would. That would really really help. Tell your friends about us. And uh, yeah, I think that is everything. I don't know who I'm back with next week. I to be honest, I was so caught up with guests, and right now I don't have anything recorded. Like I don't have any any like guests already in the can. So. Your guess is as good as mine. Um, maybe I won't be back next week, but probably will. So either way, check it out. I'll at least be back in like two weeks with uh, John Bouvoir, which I'm very excited for that. Go go read his book. Go get ready for that interview and read his book and send me questions if you got any. But anyway, that is March 2022 rundown of the Power Court Hour podcast. And for the Power Court Hour podcast, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thank you so much for listening.